reading that law line. I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. They are, you know, good they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. Welcome, 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 everyone, and another edition of the Jihad Science Show, where we will, as I just played the chat, it's black pill time. Yeah, indeed, it is black pill time, and I guess we're going to have a little change in the, uh, the stories that I had planned out because of the, I've just seen the Veritas drop, and um, well, we're going to go head to head. With Twitter Spaces, and I've managed to uh, sort out the uh, technical difficulties that I have for uh, um, Twitter Spaces. And uh, yeah, fuck Robert Malone. <laughs> Listen to it here, you'll get far better take than uh, what he does. He just steals all my language about uh, fifth generation warfare, and uh, <laughs> he's not he's not original. He's a limited hangout. Deep state as they come. So, what was I going to do? So, yeah, uh, obviously, the uh, more war is escalating, and we'll take a look at that. And uh, if we have time, there's uh, more venom in the water redux that I want to get through, as well as uh, some SARS madness, but might have, might have bitten off more than I can chew for this particular stream. <laughs> so we better better crack on with it and uh, you can see the uh, dock as well is feeling a bit more chipper than the other day um 
God bless. God bless Pharma and their antibiotics. It's in a bad way. Um, but, yep, yeah, things have cleaned up, uh, cleared up nicely. Or cleaned up? Yeah, you say cleaned up. And, uh, yeah. Full of vim and fire and brimstone. Ready to rock and roll. All right, so let us, uh, of course, jump into the main. Um, it's like people are losing their minds lately, jiggering and jaggering. Well, that's what it happens when you have all these neurotropic agents filling the environment. And <laughs> do your best to mitigate exposure, folks. Uh, that would be my advice. Uh, avoid those jibber-jabbers. And, uh, of course, um, don't go... Don't go French kissing a, uh... <laughs> I don't know. What, what do they do these days? What's the grinder, tinder, whatever they do? God, well, I'm glad I wasn't a young man when that shit came out. <laughs> I'd be... uh, I wouldn't be doing this anyway. Uh, let's see, stay on with your chickens here. Good idea. All right, let me just uh, arrange some tabs here real quick and so I can see the chat. And uh, that one doesn't give me everything. One more thing, just bear with me, folks. Let me do this. Did the emails go out? And I noticed, I noticed there's no alert from Rumble. Do people get an alert from Rumble if you've... Um, subscribed or is it just uh, the emails came through okay that's good uh all right so let me just quickly hit these tabs and uh of course uh chris remind me that i'm live on uh ibn uh don't go there <laughs> listen here listen on rumble uh where you can send uh rumble super chats works and uh of course <laughs> the other group link we'll get to that in a minute all right let's uh let's do this um the psychopath jordan from pfizer very tough video is yell educated yeah we'll get we'll get to him but uh we'll get to him uh, like say i haven't watched it yet so uh i saw it as i was uh <laughs> hours of preparation that goes into these streams and i was remember folks uh covert moral bow enhancement that's their goal and uh more over uh let's see got a rumble notification today not on saturday how, how do those notifications work then because i don't get uh email let me check my other account yeah, oh, get distracted. Got lots to do, and uh, <laughs> some great memes uh, coming out. And uh, I don't wish I had more. I'll put them into a new meme roll. But uh, this one from you've been nudged, uh, The Last of Us, and uh, just uh, word to the wise: if you want to watch uh, The Last of Us, WTYL dot live uh, is hosting it right now. <laughs> We shouldn't be, but uh, and of course, uh, this one from Good Doggy: the battlefield has changed. Yes, fifth gen warfare. We'll fight it with our keyboards and fingertips, and uh, hope our fingers don't get blown off in uh, in real real warfare, which is what they're desperately trying to push. As we see, as we get into the uh, news items of the day. So if you've strolled in here wondering who I am, that's me, real scientist with all real stats and everything. If you're really interested in what I used to do for, uh, 
had to build the matrix around you. I was leading the charge, leading the charge to uh, map your brainwaves onto real-time analytics of your uh, external behaviour. Yes, that was me. I was doing that. And uh, thank Allah that uh, I got pulled out from that evil, evil trajectory. And uh, I am here trying to do, trying to undo uh, all the karmic damage I've wrought in my life. All the monkeys on my back. Uh, let's see. Adama says no emails. God, God damn it. <laughs> Fucking pay for that service. It's supposed to work, damn it. Uh, all right. So, yeah, if you want to find out who I am, ResearchGate, uh, find the links down below uh, if you want to uh, bore yourself to death. And, uh, of course, folks, <laughs> most oh, I'm not on the screen, am I? Uh, that's what happens when we do uh, interview streams. Uh, the last stream with Charles, again, a, a real corker. And, you know, um, hats off to Charles just for <laughs> staying on top of what is a tsunami of information. And I'd say it's just the... Uh, uh, subject matter expert uh, up there with the uh, best of them. Ah, right, right, right. So, uh, yes, please bookmark McCannDojo.com and uh, let me put this in the chat. Uh, go there. Please um, consider becoming a Patreon. Um, desperately. <laughs> I've been trying for years. Kept to a hundred patreons. I think I'm on like 70, <laughs> 70 something, but uh, more, more than uh, Patreon. Uh, please send your shekels uh, to that link. <laughs> Fauci dot monster. <laughs> Goddamn tax evading blick, Simon Phoenix. Uh, it is a legit payment processor, it's just a redirect, but ah, it's funny. Uh, and of course, if you were uh, swing that way, stream facts, uh, gay pal is an option buy me a coffee uh works great as does uh subscribe star uh if you wish to part with digital tulips uh cryptocurrency links are available on mccandojo.com uh there's links to join the discord i highly recommend it and uh of course if you wish to uh avail yourself of the of the paid for service of putting out uh, emails when i go live oh mine just popped in <laughs> stupid uh but you can register to be notified uh just give an email you can unsubscribe at any time and uh, please 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 help support the dog and of course you can watch the stream uh on mccann dojo and uh, i think i'm sure i've heard it's uh it's better for mobile maybe um i know there's lots of changes and uh whatnot going on under the hood and uh, yeah is that it oh i should i should update my uh, twitter handle it seems quite stable at the moment as well and of course uh all those shekels that you do send my way <laughs> they are fit on the ground at the moment um Go to, uh, I think, what is an important project, which is uh, building a uh, archive, a digital archive of, uh, well, video data, basically. These streams um, and uh, medical anthropology uh, trying to take a, should we say, um, the 
for what's probably the more accurate narrative rather than the uh, gump that they shove down your throat and um, there's lots lots in there and uh, shout out to uh, of course Saint Nick for uh, filling it up with content and uh, oh yeah look there's The Last of Us <laughs> I shouldn't be there I think that I think that uh, constitutes uh, so. alright uh Let's uh, let's move on. Right, yeah, more war, folks. That's right. Uh, your betters. <laughs> what did Kerry say? Us elite group of people brought here by extraterrestrial forces. That's right. Those people who want you to eat bugs. Uh, literally, I saw yesterday that the EU has that they've approved. Um, household cricket powder, defatted household cricket powder, which can be used as a uh, additive in any um, in all foods, and surprisingly, beer was on the list as well. And the <laughs> I'm just how do they put that on the on the packet, right? That you're going to be eating insects. So just, are they just going to give it an E number? <laughs> when I were a lad, we had uh, real orange squash with tartrazine in it. We had proper ADHD back then. <laughs> Bright orange squash. We used to fuck the water. We'd just drink it, concentrate out the bottle. It was good for you. All right, so uh, yeah, more war. Let's uh, let's delve into this. So, uh, bumbling retard uh, Joe Biden is going to um, kick things off. Let's uh, let's start here. Good almost morning. Today, I'm announcing that the United States. What did he say? Good almost morning. <laughs> Okay, I kind of, kind of get it, I guess, if it was nearly, nearly noon. States will be sending 31 Abram tanks to Ukraine, the equivalent of one Ukrainian battalion. Secretary Austin has recommended this step because it will enhance the Ukraine's capacity to defend its territory and achieve its strategic objectives. The Abrams tanks are the most capable tanks in the world. <clears throat> They're also extremely complex to operate and maintain. So we're also giving Ukraine the parts and equipment necessary to effectively sustain these tanks on the battlefield. And we begin, we'll begin. Now, uh, uh, wait, uh, I'm, I'm no military expert, but the chain of logistics for M1 Rams tanks, it's enormous. How are they going to be doing this? Right. Um, the, the, muddy fields of uh, Ukraine where those big heavy tanks are just going to uh, sink right in. Um, the, well, the ammunition, I guess, which the Ukrainians will burn through. And anything and everything to do with the uh, mechanical side because the M1 Abrams, they run on, they essentially use a gas turbine engine, um, hardly the most amenable bit of uh, kit for in the field servicing but um but anyway uh 31 i'm surprised they didn't make it 33 
began to train the Ukrainian troops on these issues of sustainment, logistics, and maintenance as soon as possible. Oh, fuck, man. He can hardly speak either. <laughs> We're also closely coordinated this announcement with our allies. I'm grateful to Chancellor Schultz for providing German Leopard 2 tanks and will lead an effort to organize a European contribution of two tank battalions for Ukraine. I want to thank the Chancellor for his leadership and his steadfast commitment to our collective efforts to support Ukraine. Germany has really stepped up. The Chancellor has been a strong, strong voice for unity, a close friend, and for the level of effort we're going to continue. Putin expected Europe and the United States to weaken our resolve. He expected our support for Ukraine to crumble with time. He was wrong. He was wrong. What you you mean? Uh, you mean the forever wars are just going to keep carrying on? Oh, color me, color me, not fucking surprised. Wrong from the beginning, and it continues to be wrong. We are united. America's united, and so is the world. And we approach the one-year mark as we do of the Russian full-scale invasion of Ukraine. We remain united. And- uh, uh, special military operation, uh, if you please, sir and determined as ever in our conviction and our cause. These tanks are further evidence of our enduring, unflagging commitment to Ukraine and our confidence in the skill of the Ukrainian forces. Um, yeah, I'm not so sure about uh, those Ukrainian forces. I think that they will be uh, NATO or ex-NATO uh, forces, mercenaries driving those uh and those tanks but uh now biden's come out uh all the uh euro weenie technocrats are uh leaping on the bandwagon and <laughs> proposes german foreign minister declares war on russia and therefore i've said already in the last days yes we have to do more to defend ukraine yes we have to do more also on tanks but the most <laughs> what the fuck what does what does she know about fucking tanks i bet you, i bet you could write it on the on that fucking bottle top that's in front of her <laughs> who put women in these roles it's offensive important and the crucial part is that we do it together and that we do not do the blame game in europe because we are fighting a war against Russia and not against each other. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Minister. And they are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Russia must be uh, pissing in their pants uh, looking at the ferocity of uh, this. Well, I guess it's not Defence Minister. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm being a little too hard. And of course, uh, the paedophile. Uh, how would you, how would you say it? was it? He was groomed by a paedophile, right? Um, of course, his uh, elderly elderly wife is really a man uh, school teacher. School teacher, but of course, the French want to get involved. <laughs> repaired the armed forces. We will transform them. We must. Um, 
have a march on time, the nation must transform its armed forces by relying on the excellence of its military personnel and dedication, but as a nation we must transform ourselves, be ready for more brutal, more numerous and more ambiguous wars. It's this... <laughs> more, more forever wars. Um, and again... If you think that these people are going to be in any way inconvenienced by all these wars that they're starting and kicking off and have been involved with, uh, and again, I'm not sure, I'm not sure that we can, the Middle East uh, escapades really count as uh, wars, more policing actions. But you think these people are going to be worried about their heating bills? You think that they're going to be uh, looking in their purse at the pennies they've got left as they try to decide what to feed their children? All the, all the while sitting here getting all jingoistic. Sun, suddenly, nationalism and love of country is something something that they uh, aspire to. It's a, it's a wholesome thing when you can use it for war. More war! High ambition set out in the military uh, planning law to... Uh, oh, fuck this French degenerate. I don't want to listen to him. <laughs> Look, uh, I think that we'll see uh, the same old, uh, shall we say, traits uh, coming through. Uh, any French soldiers in there will, of course, be uh, <laughs> dropping their rifles and uh, turning uh, turning tail and fleeing. And uh, the... Was this one? Yes, of course. Now that uh, tanks have been served up on the menu to uh, the money, money grubbing, gross, gross. I don't know. It's a new, new government now, all nice and shiny and new in uh, Ukraine. Uh, but uh, they now want fighter jets. That's right, folks. Uh, the F sixteens are going to be rolling in. You can be sure of it. And I would. I would say um, this, that uh, this chaotic rush to get tanks, um, more, uh, more bigger, heavier weaponry into Ukraine is because the proxy war has not gone to plan. It is failing uh, spectacularly. And, um, you know, if Russia has any sense, they will... Um, aggressively, aggressively uh, push this war before before they they start getting in. Um, how should we say? Uh, no fly zones, um, fighter jets from other countries, because then, then things will really escalate, and uh, you can uh, you can toast your marshmallows on the nuclear fireballs that will be raining down on you. So. Um, this Kiev seeks to break taboo on supply of aircraft as defence. And look, of, of course, they'll be doing that. And like I say, if if I was Russia war planning, um, maybe maybe go and decapitate the snake and, you know, large forces moving into and taking Kiev, maybe. Uh, that that would be a way to end it. Uh, do I want to do any more uh, more more war? Um, well, uh, 
Sending tanks to Ukraine makes one thing clear. This is now a Western war against Russia. Like we didn't know that and haven't been saying that for the last year. And again, what what you're seeing is these um, psychological nudge units at play all the time. And drip feeding the population. And the thing that always beggars my mind is just how, how they manage to get so much of the population to uh, move along with their... Uh, devilish plans and you know why is that and it's i got i gotta just say it's debt right use usury has broken people and people are so hooked into debt fueled and i wouldn't even say it's lifestyles per se it's just that people have to live on on or using debt to get by nowadays and it's it's a well, a well orchestrated plan by uh well we know who likes to use uh usury uh all right um yeah i heard about russia negotiating with the taliban to buy equipment the u.s left in afghanistan that would that would be pretty hilarious I mean, I don't, I don't think it's much more beyond helicopters and Humvees. But um, did they really have that much heavy weaponry there? Probably just uh, more luxury MREs than anything. But uh, let's uh, let's skip along because I want to get to. I'm, I'm interested to see this Project Veritas clip. So. I'll skip George Soros. Uh, Moscow, of course, uh, warning of global tragedy, um, quite rightly so. Oh, yeah, we'll take a look at this. Um, just to give you an on-the-ground taste of what it's like to be in Ukraine right now. And again, I think it's going badly for them when you see uh, this type of, how should we say, policing action as they're rounding up quote-unquote, able-bodied men. And, you know, we looked at the footage from around Solidar and, you know, the the captured soldiers. <laughs> they look 50 years old like me. Um, I can't say, can't say I'd fancy uh, slugging it through trenches at <laughs> my age. Not with all my uh, preconditions. But let's let's have a look at this. And um, there's a uh, auto translate here on the right um, as this plays. So yeah, does that kind of fit on the screen? It does, right? <laughs> And <laughs> modern militaries learned a long time ago that you can't conscripted troops don't do very well. How how do you think that? How, I don't know. Does he kind of looked a bit sort of bent over? And uh, again, I don't think he was a spring chicken. How well do you think that he's going to do? 
running running from uh, crater to crater that make foxholes on on the battlefield. You think he's going to be motivated to fight? But this this is this is where these ghouls are taking us. And you know, if things get out of hand, which you know, when you when you cry havoc, unleash the dogs of war, things can get a little bit unpredictable. And I would say that they've got unpredictable for the NATO forces. Otherwise, they wouldn't be scrambling so much that they are at the moment. You wouldn't be seeing uh, mob-handed goons with AKs uh, grabbing near pensioners off the street, bundling them into, <laughs> into police cars, shoving them into meat grinders. In the trenches, in goddamn trench warfare, in in Europe again in the twenty first century, it's it's ridiculous, it's bizarre, and uh, not in my name. Not this time, not this fucking time. No, 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 not this fucking time, no fucking way, no fucking way, no fucking way, no fucking way, you made me look a right cunt. And I ain't having it. I ain't having it at all. All right, let's do this, and let's do this, and then we will move on to this. So I haven't watched this yet, so... um. Let's uh, let's sit back and uh, listen to uh, inside. Oh no 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 no! This is the bio lab. Uh, let's skip that and get to Project Veritas. I'll look at those stories uh, another time, although they're a bit out of date now. Um, so breaking: Pfizer exploring mutating COVID nineteen virus for new vaccines. Ah, where have we heard this before? Ah, well, this was one of the uh, stories that I did have lined up. Uh, EcoHealth nonprofits and of Lab Leak Theory. Lab Origin Theory, please, uh, receives 3 million federal grant for viral study. So they're still at it and uh, still involved in the same um, moral and ethically dubious behaviour. Uh, look, let's have a uh, listen to this. Oh, it's nearly 10 minutes long. Um, so another uh, catfished um, interview by Project Veritas, and uh, well, seems that they're gonna gonna mutate uh, COVID. Great. Pfizer ultimately is thinking about mutating Oops. COVID. Well, that is not what we say to the public. No, don't tell anyone. Gay. Okay. What happened? What happened to all the testosterone in the West? <laughs> where do all these, where do all these maggots come from? Jesus, Jesus! We're exploring like not, you know how the virus keeps mutating. Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can we can create develop new vaccines, right? So we have to do that if we're. The, the literal definition of uh, gain of function uh, research, Some, something that the public should be uh, hammering at the doors of whatever, whatever makes your policies to shut this type of work down. And here we are, we've got a private, private company 
brazenly talking about, well, we'll, we'll mutate. <laughs> we'll, we'll engage in gain of function on these, uh, on these pathogens. Trying to do that though, there's a risk of like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating viruses. Be like very controlled to make sure that this virus. He's more faggoty than Milo Yiannopoulos. What the fuck, man? Uh, oh, oh, uh, someone sent a. Uh... Donos already. Well, let me uh, do this. Um, shout out to Laura. You can have a. Ah, <laughs> you had enough. And uh, Don, uh, you can have a. Well, it's not working. Well, I think I think what we're. Uh, already listening to deserves a alright back to Malato faggot so you mutate so it doesn't create something like you know it goes everywhere something crazy is the way that the virus started and moving on to be honest like it's, it makes no sense that this virus will pop out of oh so uh all us uh con- science conspiracy theorists well right imagine that imagine that yeah i know Meet Jordan Tristan Walker, a director of research and development. And, uh, and, uh, faggot. F-A-double-G-O-T. Scientific planning at Pfizer. It sounds like gain of function to me. I don't know, it's a little bit different. I think it's different. It's like this. It's definitely not gain of function. It sounds like it is. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, direct and evolution is very different. Yeah. Well, you're not- yeah, just wrap it up in that uh, corporate gobbledygook. <laughs> Erected evolution. <laughs> Nothing to do with uh, restriction sites and snipping in and out uh, peptide sequences of interest. <laughs> it's all like that. You're not supposed to do game function research of the viruses. Like, yeah. They recommend not. But you do like these like selected threshold mutations to try to see if you can make more potent. Yeah. This, okay, um, uh, can we confirm that this is actually, uh, who, who he says he is? It's this, have they just paid, uh, 50 quid to some homeless bum on the street and give him a script and a shower and shave? This is too absurd. Oh, they'd rather we not, but we do these selected structure mutations to try and see if we can make them more potent. <laughs> so there, there is research I'm going about that. I don't know how that's going to work. There not be any more outbreaks. Just like Jesus Christ. The gentleman seems to have absolutely no moral compass at all. for all government officials. It's pretty good for the industry. See. Robert Malone is just too too lightweight. The gentleman. No. No. Faggot. 
degenerate faggot who just is um, so ensconced in his own hubris thinks that thinks that a profit driven endeavor like a pharmaceutical company should be engaged in gain of function research <laughs> see this way there's uh, there's no government grants involved either you can keep it right on the down low no grants to come and bother anti fauci when uh, people go digging with those foyers to be honest, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's bad for everyone else in America. Why is it bad for everybody else? Because if the regulators have to approve our drugs, know that once they stop being regulated, they won't work for the company, they're not going to be as hard for the company. If this is the quality of individuals within Pfizer that are making these huge decisions that uh, risk global public health, it's profoundly corrupt. Um. Again, man, um, too, too weak, too, we need more rage, <laughs> I need more anger at this, kind of, Robert Malone just doesn't cut it in that respect, and, you know, in there, you can see that uh, Robert comes from, how should we say, a very liberal uh, background and upbringing. What is Pfizer doing, I guess, to optimize, you know, the vaccines now? Oh, we actually have a meeting about that today, so there's a lot. Really? They're doing, uh, I don't know if I should say this. <laughs> Our undercover journalist asked Walker how Pfizer is handling the fact that their COVID vaccines are ineffective against virus variants. What he said is disturbing. Bad interrupt says, Dr. Kevin McCann was on Obama's brain research program initiative. I'd be extremely concerned following any of his data, considering the lead for the task force was Dr. Franco Vitaliano. Uh, no, I was never part of uh, Obama's brain initiative. Uh, <laughs> bring your data, sir. Uh, let me see it. Um, no way. Never, never received a penny. Uh, I was uh, funded by uh, charitable donations for uh, children's diseases, primarily. Listen to this. We're exploring, like, not, you know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can, uh, we can create develop new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating yeah. So okay. we're like, do we want to do this? So that's like one of the things we're considering. Okay. Like the future, like maybe we can like create new versions of the vaccines and things like that. Okay. So Pfizer ultimately is thinking about mutating COVID. Well, that is not what we say to the public. No. That's why it was, an, it was a thought that came up in a meeting, and we were like, why? Why do we not? It was like we're going to consider that with more discussions. Okay. That's exactly. Actually, right. We're like, wait a minute. Like, that's right. It appears that Pfizer is internally discussing the possibility of mutating the COVID virus themselves in order to tailor a vaccine to sell to the public. Listen to Walker describe in detail just how they would conduct such a scientific experiment. First, in living animals. So the way that we're thinking about it, don't tell anyone the You got to publish your own You got to publish your own Okay, bro. So, um... Uh, bad interrupt. I'd be interested to know which doctor uh, told you that. 
Let me, show it to me. Let me see. The guy's just... Um, it wasn't working. It's too busy at Wuhan. <laughs> but uh, yes, bad interrupt. Uh, let's uh, bring your evidence forth, please. <laughs> the way it would work is like we put them in the virus in these monkeys, okay. and then we successively like cause them to keep infecting each other. And we collect serial samples from them, and then the ones that are more infectious, like the virus, we'll put them in another monkey and just constantly actively mutate it. That's one way. Okay. Or you can even do like directed like simulation, which like we turn off the thorough. and then you just sample what the different like um, like uh, proteins on the surface of the virus look like over time. Okay. This dimwit is just literally blurting out that they're engaging in the, or, or, or thinking of engaging in the uh, the primary drivers for gain of function, serial passage, or um, well, I guess gene gene editing and splicing. That guy is a Yale grad and three levels from the CEO. There are assholes at every level. Yeah, and uh, you can tell that this one has had his asshole blown out to uh, to get where he's at. And then you just see the mutation, and you can kind of force it to mutate in a certain way you want. Okay. But you have to be like very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something like, you know, it goes everywhere. Something Which crazy. I suspect is the way that the virus started in Wuhan. To be honest, like it's, it makes no sense that this virus popped out of nowhere. Like, yeah, I know. COVID virus experimentation on live monkeys? This is unethical, to say the least, and Walker describes those experiments as... <laughs> It'd be a breach of biowarfare conventions. But again, as we're doing it in a private company, then uh, I guess uh, it's under the purview of the public. Jesus. As if they are ongoing and not simply a hypothetical discussion. So, I mean, when is Pfizer going to implement the mutation of all these viruses? I don't know. It depends on how the experiments work out. Because this is just like something that's dying, right? It sounds like gain of function to me. I don't know, it's a little bit different. I think it's different. It's like, there's... It's definitely not getting a punch. It sounds like it is. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. The direction evolution is very different. Yeah, again, the the same uh, bullshit that EcoHealth and Metabiota would wrap their uh, sketchy grants in. And uh, the... the, uh, the Again, kind of corporate gobbledygook that they would uh, shove down the public's and shareholders' throats. <laughs> so uh, it all sounds all sounds so benign, so uh, oh, so technical. Uh, call call says talking like a bent wrist person. Yeah, this this dude's a fucking left hooker, right? And the only reason that he's in the position that he's in is because he's sucked and been sodomized on his way to the top. It's what he looks about thirty years old. <laughs> Direct evolution. Directed evolution. Directed evolution. Okay. <laughs> well, so I mean, is that what it is? Maybe I. I don't know. <laughs> well, you're not supposed to do gain function research with the viruses, like yeah, they recommend not. But you do like these like selected threshold mutations to try to see if you can make more potent. Yeah. So there, there is. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I guess he'll be picking up his, uh, I don't know what the equivalent is in the US, but uh, P45 in the morning <laughs> to the dole office with him.
His research on the about that. I don't know how that's going to work. There might not be any more outbreaks to take Jesus Christ. So um, tell me more, like, what's developing with the whole, you know, virus mutation process? Mm-hmm. Well, they're still kind of conducting the experiments on it, but... Uh, it seems like from what I've heard they're kind of optimizing it, but they're going slow because everyone's very cautious. Like, you know, right. I was thinking well, I don't know if I saw it too much. Yeah. Um, but I think they're also just trying to do it as an exploratory thing because you obviously don't want to advertise that you're trying to figure out future mutation of the way. So, did that. The fact that these. Faggoty left hookers are all uh, all mushy drunk and, oh, just ready to spill the beans. What a state we've got ourselves into, folks. Just just think that there are, uh, as you say, hard-working men with kids, wife and kids, that could do with uh, his job and wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be so prone to uh, spilling their guts over uh, a few, few glasses of Cabernet. Did the whole virus mutation thing like come from your executive, Sarah? No, no, no. That came from like we have like chief scientific officers in like the other divisions. In a subsequent meeting, our undercover journalist asked if this type of gain of function research is already being studied at Pfizer. But no, as long as it's called directed evolution, Pfizer's in the clear. What, what's the goal for, well, for Pfizer of doing that? So probably what they want to do is like to try to figure out, to some extent, try to figure out like, you know, there's all these new strains of variants that just pop up. Why don't we try to like catch them before they pop up in nature and we can develop a vaccine prophylactic for like new variants. Yeah. So that's why they're thinking like if we do it control the lab, then we say, oh, this is a new epitope. And so then if it comes out later on, like in the public, we already have a vaccine kind of working on it. Oh my God. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't that the, like the best business model, though? Like, just control nature before nature even happens itself, right? Yeah, yeah. If it works. <laughs> what do you mean if it works? It works. It works. Wait. Control. Wait. Control. Let's let's see if he's got the faggoty uh, pinky when he uh, takes a drink, whatever that is. What do they call him? Uh, Martos? I can't remember. What's that faggot drink? Oh, nature. Ah, one finger pointing up. Oh. Before nature even happens itself, right? Yeah, yeah. If it works. <laughs> what do you mean if it works? Because, like, some of the times, like, there's just mutations that pop up, right? They were not prepared for it, like with Delta or Omicron right. and things like that. So. Who knows? I mean, either way, it's going to be a cash cow. COVID will probably be a cash cow for us. Yeah, he's, he's, he's basically describing uh, Omicron. <laughs> what happened with Omicron? Uh, yeah, Centropede, please, Papi Putin, make it stop. Make it stop. I can't take it anymore. For a while going for it? Well, yeah. I obviously like it. <laughs> well, I think the whole, you know... I think the whole, like, research of the viruses and mutating it, like, would be the ultimate, like, cash cow. Yeah, it'd be perfect. Now, you would... <laughs> These motherfuckers, man. And, and like I say, this this has happened because of the perverse incentives that were thrown into the scientific endeavor process. And now now we're reaping the rewards of, well, <laughs> f- 
woke woke invasion into uh, the universities and the uh, the ching dollar signs that come up in uh, the young researchers' minds. Um. I would think that creating viruses to sell the vaccine would be illegal, but no. The pharmaceutical industry, as Walker puts it, is, quote, a revolving door for all government officials, unquote. Not a revolving door for all government officials? Wow. Yeah, for any industry, though. So, like, in the pharma industry, all the government uh, officials who, like, you know, review our drugs, most yeah. they come work for pharma companies. Like, the military, like... Oh, man. Uh, he's so screwed. <laughs> and the military, oh, yeah, of course. Army of Defense, like government official events, you go work for the defense company afterwards. How do you feel about that revolving door? Like, it's pretty good for the industry, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's bad for everyone else in America. Why is it bad? <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm lost for words right now. This has got to be this. It's, it's someone. Someone please confirm that this is the real dude who they're saying it is. It might be signs the House of Cards is going down when the big fish take a hike and leave it all to new personnel to take the blame. Uh, yeah, um, I'm inclined to uh, believe that. So, uh, again, you know, the, there were all the CEOs that were... 2019 that were you know dropping out just prior to the uh, pandemic kicking in and yeah again how, how much of the uh, upper echelons know that the uh, the game of musical chairs is about to end and the only chair that's left is uh, all rickety and uh, <laughs> broken and filled with uh, termites and woodworm veritas confirmed he is real well, can we get a second? Uh, someone other than Veritas confirming that he's real. For everybody else. Because if the regulators who have to approve our drugs know that once they stop being a regulator, they want to work for the company, then I got to be as hard for the company. You know, we're as well. Right. We talked to Dr. Robert Malone, physician, scientist, and author, to get his take on the comments made by Jordan Walker. You're gaining function. You're creating a new function in virus one by adding elements from virus two, infecting one monkey and then another monkey. That's called serial passage. That appears to have been one of the technologies deployed in the Wuhan Institute of Virology with the humanized mouse strains uh, that I believe were obtained from uh, EcoHealth Alliance. That And uh, I'm of the opinion that I, I don't think it was just humanized mice that they were doing. They have access to uh, many a monkey uh, in the, uh, how should we say, Wuhan infrastructure. And I, I will... Dick to my guns with respect to the high affinity to neuropillin. Um, it's at least at least been passaged through monkey kidney cells, and I would well, I would hazard a guess if there's uh, someone out there who's looking at this as a uh, uh, offensive uh, type agent, it would have been it would have been passaged through monkeys as well. So whole monkeys, because you want uh, you want some immune dynamics thrown in there as well. That's an example of directed evolution. The gentleman seems to have 
absolutely no moral compass at all about what he's doing. Yeah, and I, I would agree with Robert Maloney here, but old uh, old COVID Klaus, he's not mean enough. God damn it. The hubris and arrogance and immaturity, if this is the quality of individuals within Pfizer that are making these huge decisions that uh, risk global oh, public uh, health with such a... Monkey King says, keep up the good fight. Uh, you can have a... Uh, let's do this. Where is he? Uh, well... There you go, Monkey King. How about that for keeping up the fight? Jihad, 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 jihad. A casual disregard for the human toll it's profoundly corrupt in terms of would it be feasible for pfizer to circumvent international or national law i think that is under yeah, like i said uh, what they're describing is that they're breaking uh, all the conventions with respect to biowarfare in fact all all, all this research has it's got to be it's got to be constrained somehow <laughs> Actually, can't we put these militaries to actual good use? Find these labs, find them and destroy them. And the gentleman in your investigative... He's <laughs> removed his LinkedIn profile. <laughs> yeah, and uh, those Twitter accounts, uh, I'd, be, I'd be scrubbing those as well. Work has clearly indicated that Pfizer believes that it has successfully captured the regulatory apparatus of the United States government and presumably worldwide. Pfizer has completed regulatory capture, is quite proud of it. With governments turning a blind eye and Pfizer hiding information from the public, this is an ongoing story. Be brave, do something, spread these videos, and stay tuned. So, uh, well, uh, kudos to Veritas for um, catching that particular monkey. The well, I'm I'm stunned at the openness with which he would just be discussing company policy. And again, I would say that was uh, mojitos. Is that the name of the drink? <laughs> just uh mojitos and uh, again a um left hooker faggot um thinking that he was probably gonna get a, get another extra piece another piece of ass for the evening it's gross it's all fucking rotten let it burn let it burn all of it <laughs> i'm done with it can i gotta take it where was it is it in this one just uh, in the corner there. Let it burn. I'm, I'm done. Bring, bring on the Armageddon. Please, Pappy Putin, fire those Sarmat missiles. Those Poseidon torpedoes. Let them rip. Let them rip. And then we'll find their bunkers. <sighs> Pyramid 7 says, Fat Angie. <sighs> Can we do a Fat Angie at the moment? Tell you what. Uh, send in a super chat. <laughs> 
and uh, I'll do a fat Angie for you. I'll even do a fat Peter as well. Let's see. Uh, Century says they probably try to find these types specifically to interview. Uh, yeah. And again, the uh, th that creature that we just looked at is indicative of what's filled uh, institutions and uh, corporations um, driven by um, militant, woke human resource departments and um, government diversity benchmarks. <laughs> this this is where it's brought us to. Uh, you know, just uh, call me old-fashioned, but uh, were there were these positions filled with men who'd uh, had wives and children and uh, some some degree of uh, idea about social responsibility? We might we might not have just veered off target so, so much. Nerve gas get the best, yeah. Uh, Maloney's right. It will up to rowdy sorts to put on the anger. Yeah, and look, I guess you need um, multiple ways of uh, approaching this problem. And <laughs> allow, allow gobby bastard like me. Uh, it's yeah, you know, it reaches a particular demographic, but you know, most. Uh, most most of those people who uh, I'm I'm appealing to who who have a sort of moral moral sense and duties, you know, they've they've sacrificed themselves for uh, family and uh, you know they've worked hard. I I don't want to stop those people who are progressing and uh, and filling their dreams, suit of happiness and all that garbage. I, I want that. Um, but what I don't want is, uh, is what was his name? Jordan, Jordan, what does it say? Uh, this guy, is it Jordan, Jordan Walker? Um, these people have been accelerated, um, along career paths where it, it's believed by woke ideologues that somehow it's redressing some sort of historical grievance and again look look where it's put us um i'm how should we say i'm, I'm glad i'm i'm living in one of the last bastions of uh, patriarchy and uh, mono ethno cultures Long live, long live Japan. Banzai! Uh, does anyone think that this Veritas story will bring about some kind of action by the right people? No, it won't. It won't. Nothing will happen. It just, it'll just get swept under the carpet. The Overton window will move, and uh, the next bit of outrage porn will be pumped into the uh, into the ether. And uh, you can watch Doc McCann, the dancing monkey, get all, get all upset about it. Let's see. Uh, we've obtained internal Pfizer docs verifying Jordan Walker as Pfizer director, research and development, strategic operations. Graduated Yale, twenty thirteen. Dr. Med at University of Texas Southwestern Medical School. His supervisor reports to Mikhail Dolston, who reports to Albert Baller. Um, yeah, well, 
I don't think he's going to be at Pfizer much longer. <laughs> be the Amazon warehouse for him now. Let's have a look at some of these comments. That guy Walker has zero online presence, what I can find. Hope his credentials were confirmed. Yeah, um, that's my sort of uh, take. Uh, crimes against humanity. Yes, lock them up. Remember, uh, 10letters.org, uh, send in those letters to your attorney generals. Let's try and get some of these bastards uh, onto the stand. Uh, let's see. It doesn't make sense to mutate the virus to be more potent unless the mutations happen naturally and goal is to better understand and effectively treat it, to purposely manipulate it to be more deadly is wildly irresponsible and indistinguishable from work done for biological warfare. Congratulations, Julia. You're uh, you're starting to get it. You are starting to get it. And again, what am I, what am I doing here? That's, you know, the the issues around vaccines are um, important um, right now. I would I would categorize them as one half of a binary uh, agent, uh, the virus being the other. And we should um, we should do our absolute best to make sure that these programs are not allowed to keep progressing the way that they do and attract the money that they do uh, I'm sorry that this it, I, I guess that this work is gonna be done anyhow right regardless it's an it's an axiom right if it can be done it will be done right so the the, the way to do it is to, is to have it transparent and I don't know stuck in like a moored oil tanker in the middle of the Pacific with the uh, built-in uh, nuclear devices to um, sterilize the region should a leak happen. I don't know. Maybe maybe even put it at the bottom of the ocean. Razadine <sighs> says we need the village people in Frankenstein surrounding the Pfizer labs with their torches, torches and pitchforks. Yes, the time for torches and pitchforks approacheth, methinks. Uh, this type of research will have to be banned. It's the only way to prevent it, um, including most genomic research. Yeah, um, I'm, I, I agree. And the the problem is is that we've incentivized the potential rewards too much, and you you will re you will meet huge levels of resistance in trying to wind these programs back. So. Um, Maybe, maybe, maybe we need the Pappy Putin solution. Now, I can feel my you know, dog's throat's uh, still a bit fragile after the last week. Um, uh, so, it might be a shorter stream than I was planning on. Uh, all right, what else did I have? Um... I was going to do a bit about excess deaths, but uh, we kind of know that, and I'll I'll do that in another stream. Um, let's let's do the uh, stupid Peters. We've got another stupid Peters production, and look at that five hundred and twenty-four thousand followers. What the fuck, man? <laughs> C 
Covenom 19, Volume 1, Cold-Blooded. And uh, I've, I haven't listened to this. I scanned through it. And, of course, Ardis is uh, appearing prominently in the uh, in, in the documentary. And for all his uh, appeals to, oh, God, I didn't know that they were going to misconstrue my words, etc. Um, we're still getting the push for... Uh, well, what was it last time? That Remdesivir is uh, snake venom, right? And <laughs> basically, they're pouring it into the municipal water supplies. And um, I think that that's wrong on uh, most counts. And, you know, just for the record, we know that there are these neurotoxic snake and snail toxins that are part of the spike protein uh, again um I, the i would like someone to sort of do the blast comparison to see if they're unique to the spike um anyway let's let's let, let's get into this and then that means I don't have to talk so much. <laughs> you can hear my voice is uh, it's going. God damn, God damn throat infection, strep throat. I think that's what it was. Says, ladies and gentlemen, the world has to overcome not only the damage done to our economies and our societies by COVID-19. It also has to confront the repercussions of a dangerous clash between major global powers. Look, I said it before, and I'll say it again. And I, I know people like to um, hone in on the WEF. Um, they, they make a useful archetype. For me, they're too cartoonish. And I'm not really sure that they're the ones pulling the strings find out who klaus reports to <laughs> you know that henry kissinger right but uh that that's where the uh, the real uh the real power is wef is wef is like the public relations arm of whatever the <laughs> satan's principality and <laughs> it's just become even more obvious after the last davos meeting it, it, there was there was just horseshit in it, and you know there was a a presentation that I wanted to give where they were they were talking about sort of brain monitoring, and no, I'll, I'll save it for another stream because it's it's worth looking. I don't want to spoil the surprise. History is truly at a turning point. Set back in the quest to understand coronavirus after a researcher is shot and killed. I have decided that the United States of America will renounce the use of any form of deadly biological weapons. Get your shots, get your boosters. Doctors baffled by increase in sudden adult death syndrome. We destroyed all of our seed stocks. We destroyed all of our production material at Pine Bluff, Arkansas. And we completely got out of the biological warfare business. 
subject today concerns CIA's involvement in the development of bacteriological warfare materials with the Army's Biological Laboratory at Fort Detrick. In the course of the investigation, CIA's laboratory storage facilities were searched, and about 11 grams, a little less than half an ounce, of shellfish toxin and 8 milligrams of cobra venom were discovered in a little-used, vaulted storeroom in an agency building. I emailed the FBI in June of 2021. I'd been working on understanding what COVID was, and that even though this thing has been labeled a respiratory disease in arts, we are not seeing that that's what the profile of the disease is. We are seeing it as an envenomation. They wrote back to him? Yeah, yeah, they wrote back a letter that said, received, period, thank you, period. He got a three-word letter back. For years, he trains FBI and CIA agents. That's his job in the prevention of mass killings worldwide. And he specializes in bioweaponry. Various dissemination devices, such as a fountain pen dart launcher and an edge and head bolt designed to release when heat appeared to be peculiarly suited for agents for clandestine use. The first drug approved by the FDA to treat COVID-19 patients. What if we've just missed understanding what the real weapon has been the whole time? The more I dug and the more I looked, the more obvious it became that everyone needs to be looking at this. Everyone needs to be looking at this. said since May 2020, remdesivir will result with at least 30% deaths of everyone who receives that drug in a hospital for five to 10 days. I got Thomas Renz to pull the CMS data. You know, for the state of New Oh, Thomas Renz, who uh, again, uh, see uh, Matthew Crawford's uh, takedown of uh, Thomas Renz. These are these are people who are again, uh, uh, abusing statistics and, and, and you know, I would argue over the long run, harming the uh, the case that we're trying to bring, which is that we're dealing we're dealing with uh, public private partnerships and the the new vision for bio warfare for the twenty first century. Now, you know, a lot of a lot of that intro, I'm sitting here and nodding in agreement. Um, the the problem is, is if if they're going to be focused on remdesivir as uh, snake to or chronotoxin, um, the they're out the ballpark. New York, I decided to run in New York. I wanted to know Medicare aged patients. What's the percentage of death of those who received remdesivir for its five day protocol? Twenty six point nine percent of them died. The reason why we're making the announcement now is something that I believe people don't fully appreciate. Whenever you have clear-cut evidence that a drug works, you have an ethical obligation to immediately let the people who are in the placebo group know so that they could have access. And all of the other trials that are taking place now have a new standard of care. So you have kidney failure, liver failure, now heart failure being caused by remdesivir, published to do so. Two months later, your NIH, the FDA, still sits back and goes, this is the only approved drug for hospitalized COVID-19 patients. You know what's more disgusting? January 21st of this year, 
the FDA extended an emergency use authorization and said there's now only one authorized medication that can be pumped into the veins of all newborns in this country to 18-year-old pediatric age-ranged children, starting with seven-pound newborns. Guess what the only authorized drug to treat COVID-19 children is now? The FDA gave full approval to the drug remdesivir for children as young as 28 days old. And I know Brian Artis well, and I adore him. And the stuff that he broke on remdesivir was life-changing mm. for me as a doctor and his story with his father-in-law. And he brought that to the entire medical world around the globe. Wow. Nobody knew that. The FDA said in a press release that it had concluded remdesivir may be effective to treat the disease and the potential benefits outweigh the risks. It has been an amazing journey to watch multiple people from multiple fields come together as a group to try to actually save humanity, fight against those in government and federal health agencies around the world who it appear are conspiring to actually cause harm and inflict harm on other people. And as many people that would allow me to speak, articulate things that brought hope and inspiration and then removed fear. That is right, that they, they were pouring snake venom, uh, remdesivir, into municipal water supplies. Yeah, that really, that really helped calm people's nerves. <laughs> it's been my number one agenda this whole time. And anyone who doubts that uh, obviously hasn't been listening. The first COVID-19 treatment for younger children now approved. The FDA now says it is safe even for babies who are just a few weeks old. It kind of has felt like the last two years, I'm like this older brother or trying to be this guardian of the innocent, uh, that they're not manipulated, that their informed decisions and informed consent are stolen from them. Yeah. I wanted them to be able to have information that helped them. And if it helped anyone, then, uh, then I felt I did my job. My work merged into uh, working with counterterrorism, uh, mostly as a trainer uh, in the subject uh, of, of active attackers and, uh, and, and what people call active shooters. So I'm sort of seen in my industry as the bridge between law enforcement, public health and emergency management. And then the pandemic hit. just perceived that what we are going through, um, whether it was an attack with a, as a virus or attack as a human being, I just saw that the role is the same. I need to understand the threat and then I needed to find mitigation strategies to either prevent the threat from uh, having a, uh, an ability to create harm. So far, I like this guy. He's talking sense. Um, just as a... Uh, so we can get some science to bear... Um, so this is uh, remdesivir, um, its structure, and you can, so it's, a, it's technically a nucleoside analog that basically um, will substitute, I'm not sure, one of the nucleosides, I guess, uh, I'm not sure which one specifically, the idea being that it interrupts the formation of genetic material as it's being um, constructed or, or, yeah, constructed by the virus as it's doing its viral uh, behaviours. And, um, you know, there's 
you know, the phosphate uh, backbone there is uh, a standout. And then uh, I guess the, well, the sh I guess sugar-like molecules. And now compare that to kinotoxin structure here. And um, as I was reading through the um, description, the it's these disulfide bonds which are the characteristic of these particular toxins and there's there's very, very there's no there's no comparison between the structure of remdesivir and uh conotoxin which is um well primarily well there are different ones but um the uh, they act as irreversible um essentially it acts as an agonist initially but it irreversibly binds to cholinergic receptors and so just just keep that in mind as we're watching this bit of stupid peter's agiprop um, or um, you know work out what the recovery looks like and so that's what i've been doing since the beginning of the pandemic one of the things that led me to go look for venom in the first place was it didn't make sense to me biologically that a clean virus, and I call it clean because it's not very cytotoxic, uh, a coronavirus. It's pretty clean in terms of going in and looks for a place to basically bond. Uh, with, in this case, with this coronavirus, it's, it's the ACE receptor. And then it does its thing. It distracts the DNA and, uh, and the resources, and it makes more of itself. It does, it's not necessarily going to cause that much cellular damage around it. Whereas this thing's doing the opposite. This thing is really destructive in the body, which is why I separated out um, what I've been sort of referring to now as the tank and the gun on top. Ten years ago, I'd researched something that I'd brought to Dr. Artis's attention just, just you know, a few days ago, and he was blown away because it linked. Uh, a program called MK Ultra that was part of the CIA's program. Not sure if you're familiar, familiar with it. Sure, of course. Are you familiar with the heart attack gun? The, no, actually not. The woman that was tasked with it, she was only 18 at the time. Her name is Mary Embry. This is all public. This was a congressional hearing. It's not me and a, and a conspiracy website. It's a congressional hearing where they show the gun and they explain how it was developed and it was using a shellfish venom that was frozen in ice and they could shoot it about 100 meters. The CIA were using a third of all shellfish toxin available in the you know, that was in existence. It, arguably it was only 5.9 grams, but why would they need uh, you know, basically a third of the whole supply on the market if they were just trying to target a few individuals? And in that, they even mentioned specifically that there were 19 other uh, toxic substances, um, including cobra venom. Uh, also, I had to find, one time they wanted me to find, um, to find out if there was such a thing as, um, as a poison that was undetectable, especially one that seemed to uh, mimic a heart attack that would kill someone, but it would it appear that they had a heart attack. I well, I could get in um, the spaces uh, karma. Um, if people want me to do that, um, 
see. Uh, I could try and get in, but I, I don't think I would uh, get on the stage or anything. Uh, I was speaking with Charles, and they want to. Apparently, they want to sort of keep it pretty constrained. Um, but let's let's have a quick look in there. Um, what do, what do um, people want me to to do? I'm not gonna. Weapons. So while we would like to get rid of all of our own nuclear weapons and not engage in developing weapons of mass destruction, we have to do it for the defense of our nation, because if they have it, the only deterrent is that we have it. And if they have it, we need to figure out how to defend ourselves against it. And you're going to see a similar argument when it comes to gain-of-function research. The difference, of course, is that a, a nuclear weapon does not accidentally walk out of a nuclear silo on someone's shoe and accidentally detonate uh, you know, quite easily. In other words, it's once you create these viruses, it is virtually impossible to contain them, even if the BSL-4, the high security laboratories, followed all of the strictest guidelines that they're supposed to follow, which they don't, and there's very little oversight, but even assuming that they did. Yeah, they wouldn't, they're not gonna let me one, in, so. Uh, slight human or systems error is enough to um, release these highly dangerous pathogens into the population. It's it's as though you were working in a nuclear silo and you know on any given day just, just if told you, didn't you to shut up. Twelve things in the exact right sequence, yeah. the nuclear bomb would be launched. You know, the nuclear missile would be launched. So gain of function research is actually shut up. A, a kind of death cult. And the we have to do it because they're doing it defense only proliferates the danger. It does not provide any sense of security. It only increases mm -hmm. the odds, the plausibility that one of these viruses is going to get out. Um, look, uh, they're not going to let me up on the stage. And uh, hopefully Charles will try and arrange something with uh, Kim.com where we can um, do a lengthy dive in but the 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 people that are, are talking right now are milk toast and they <laughs> they haven't they don't have the track record or the uh, how should we say abrasiveness um it'd be good to contact dr paul alexandra I'm not sure who that is uh i'm not scared of twitter i just i won't get on that space um we can sit and listen to it but um so what what are they what are they going to say that we haven't and you're going to listen to robert malone saying oh god we need to forgive the other side and uh <laughs> all that bollocks uh do me a favor let's uh let's watch venom in the water you can go watch your spaces if you want i don't care um it'll be dull and boring i did find such a thing does this pistol uh fire the dart Yes, it does, Mr. Chairman, and a special one was developed which potentially would be able to uh, enter the target without perception. The, the poison was frozen into some sort of dart, and then it was shot at uh, very high speed into the person, so at, when it 
reach the person, it would melt inside them, and the only thing would be like one little tiny red dot on their body, which was hard to detect. There wouldn't be a needle left or anything like that in the person. But also the toxin itself would not appear in the autopsy? Yes, so that uh, there was no, no way of perceiving that the, uh, the target was him. So Frank Rudolph Emanuel Olson was an American bacteriologist. Yeah, I'm not sure about that gun either. Wouldn't you need a uh, compressed air cylinder on it? Where'd that go? Is it in the handle, maybe? Um... Biological warfare scientist and an employee of the United States Army Biological Warfare Laboratories who worked at Camp Dietrich in Maryland, which is also where you know they pulled the venoms from conotoxins and king cobra venoms and other things when they were doing the congressional hearing for the heart attack gun. It was from this lab. From this lab, Camp Dietrich. I was told that your father has had an accident. He fell or jumped out the window and he died. He didn't show the signs of impact from, from the fall. He showed the impacts of, of having been hit in the head with like a bat or something that fractured his skull, but then thrown out the window. And the autopsy was undeniable. And this was public during the time. He didn't pass the truth serum test. He was very disturbed with what he was learning inside of this program that he was in and what he was a part of. And his conscience was deeply troubled. And then you move into the 70s where the CIA is using venom as a weapon with frozen water that you just told me about yesterday. Yeah, and we, and we watched the videos of the actual congressional hearings <laughs> we did. that showed between the year 1950. Uh, don't forget their grifting vitamins as well, uh, the artist line in uh, expensive vitamin C. Question. 52 and 1975 when it was disclosed this had been happening at, between those years and been developed and then disclosed by a gentleman Mr. Colby. It's been around for 50 years I just learned from you. I had no 50 years you don't think they've learned how to use and isolate venom peptides from animals or components of venom as a weapon. The CIA was doing it back in the 70s. What's even more incredible is that not only are they using just this shellfish toxin from the 70s as a weapon to stop the hearts of a human, and it was undetectable by science once you did an autopsy. That was incredible to hear them talk about that in the congressional hearing. That was in 75. Here are now 2020. Inside of these individuals, all of which tested positive for COVID-19, every single tissue sample evaluated, urine, feces, and blood. When they evaluated all of it, they not only found shellfish neurotoxin, which is what the CIA was using, they actually found 20 different venom peptides that are found in venomous snakes. In 1956, there was a guy named Dr. Stanley Cohen. Dr. Stanley Cohen was the very first successful person, supposedly, to mix the DNA of two different species together and create a hybrid, a chimera. And he did this in the 70s. 
Anything that disturbed the timing of a developmental process was worthy of study. If you put in a lysosomal inhibitor, such as ammonia or chloroquine, it did not affect the binding, but it blocked the degradation. But in 1956, he discovered that in snake venom, he could actually cause neurological tumors with a factor found in venom of snakes called nerve growth factor. And then he discovered something called the epidermal growth factor, which could explain tumors and other tissues of the body outside of neurological tissue caused by venoms. This company, Genentech, that right now has seven patented drugs for cancer treatment that are all patented components of snake venom. They're just extracts of snake venom. This company, Genentech, is who was bought by Gilead Sciences in 2011. Several of their labs, biological labs, were purchased in San Francisco in 2011, and they brought all 55 top heads and executives into Gilead, who then made remdesivir the drug, the one and only drug being used in all hospitals around the world right now for COVID. And so, look, he's he's just pointed to a paper which was uh, that Italian group. Uh, and again, yes, they find these uh, peptide analogs, but that's from that's from the virus. And so th the fact that they would uh, brush over that part and go towards remdesivir, which, you know, structurally doesn't doesn't fit the uh, the chemistry, I would say. That these uh, that these conotoxins do. This section here of the document that was put out in 2012, that was put out through the Department of Justice, explains that it would be unlikely for these to be actual venoms, meaning straight from an animal into a person, but instead it would be connected to laboratory uh, clandestine activities and as well it'd be utilizing a technology uh, which I believe the fruition of that is peptide technology. Yeah, so it says, uh, use as a terrorist weapon, the conotoxins. It says conotoxins have potential as biological weapons, the direct chemical synthesis would be more likely to be found, like you mentioned, in clandestine laboratory than the farming of cone snails. Collecting a large enough supply directly from cone snails to use an aerosol dispersal would be a cumbersome process. Most conotoxins are small peptides with 10 to 30 amino acids, which can make them relatively easy to manufacture using direct chemical synthesis. As discussed above, much research is being done with conotoxins. Did you know that, that much research is being done with conotoxins? No. I did not. But they say, the Department of Justice, much research is being done with conotoxins. I had no idea. Congress wanted to know, why didn't the CIA destroy these toxins when the president, five years earlier, uh, wrote it into law that they had to be destroyed and then they were stumbling around trying to make excuses why they preserved these venomous toxins. Uh, Alexman says, isn't this the exact kind of propaganda JC said they were going to push? Um, 
potentially if uh, my issue here is that going from venom in the water and we we know that artist has a a rage boner for Rem Demsevier because he thinks that's what offed his father in the hospital. Maybe maybe that's true. Um, but the, uh, the how are you going to get exposed to these peptides? It's the virus, and it or it's the vaccine. It, those are the two options. I, Rem Demsevier is is not related to um, snake. Snake venom peptides. Sorry. <laughs> it's very interesting. Uh, so the supplies and laboratories could be diverted to terrorists, it says. So the much research being done in conotoxins, the Department of Justice says here that supplies that are in laboratories, supplies of conotoxins, could be diverted to terrorists. The United States Department of Health and Human Services requires registration, background checks, biosafety, and security procedures for handling alpha conotoxins at amounts exceeding 100 milligrams. The most likely method of dispersal would be as an aerosol. As an aerosol. As an aerosol. As an aerosol. In theory, terrorists could also use certain conotoxins to disrupt agriculture by poisoning farm animals. By poisoning farm animals. By poisoning farm animals. Not the... <laughs> The echo on the uh, on the poisoning animals, poisoning animals, poisoning animals. Um, what's this? Richard becoming the most hated duck on Twitter. <laughs> oh, I can't copy from there, can I? Wait, let me do this. And this is this is amazing. What I just mentioned was it's amazing. This is what. They found in that Italy study when they were evaluating COVID-19 patients who were positive for COVID-19 against those who did not test positive, they found 15 of these Kono snail toxins in the COVID-19 patients. How did they get there? These are marine snails. How'd they get there? Daniel Baker, thank you for interviewing with me. You've been through hell and back, and you're, you're still in it. Um, I took my first one in June. These are the signs and symptoms if you have been exposed to a cone snail venom. They include faintness. Yes. Ptosis, which is drooping eyelids. Uh, sometimes my husband tells me that. Mm -hmm. Poor coordination. Absolutely. Absent gag reflex. Um, I would imagine yes, because I have trouble swallowing sometimes. Areflexia. I'm hyperreflexia. Yeah, which is still it's it's related. Diplopia, double vision. Yeah. Blurred vision. Yeah. Speech difficulties. I think I'm good on that one. <laughs> Absolutely, I have that. Paresthesias. Absolutely, on my diagnosis list. Abnormal sensations such as burning or tingling. All the time. Urinary retention. Dysphagia. Yep. Difficulty swallowing. Yes. 
Weakness? Yep. Nausea? I have a constant nausea. Generalized numbness? Absolutely. And respiratory arrest? That's the only thing that I haven't had. It doesn't make sense that there's a neurotoxic venom from a snail in the ocean that can be used as a bioweapon, now that you're learning, that I've since learned is mass manufactured in facilities since 1989, and the synthetic version of this alpha conotoxin, which is deadly, more deadly than a King Cobra's venom, the synthetic version in factories is more deadly and as biologically active as the natural version. Um, I'd be concerned about this. In fact, they just said this, they can give it to terrorists. The ease with which a biological weapons program could be disguised within legitimate activities and the rapid advances in biological research make it very difficult to detect violations. We believe that a protocol would not be able to keep pace with the rapidly changing nature of the biological weapons threat. The big snail. And the downside of the study would be it's a smaller group of people. It's 20 sure. people in the infected yeah. group and 10 people in the non-infected group. Yeah. So what do you think about that? Uh, that is a limitation to all studies. However, there's studies with far fewer people in them that they peer review, publish, and use as scientific basis for any of their claims all over the place. This is a very small study. You could almost call it a cohort study. My problem is, is it was submitted for peer review and publication June of 2020. It didn't actually get peer reviewed and published until October 2021. Why did it take so long? Why did it take a year or three months to publish those findings? this topic highlights and I think what the bigger picture of, of why the public should be interested in it is like all things technology right at this accelerated pace the technology has moved so quickly now and there aren't very many regulations around things like venom the ability to now synthesize peptides and, uh, and peptides are just short chain proteins and the ability to make venom is now um, an easy an easy task for, for people to be able to do. My name is Zoltan Takash. I'm a biomedical scientist. I follow my childhood passion. Our work is based on the genetic blueprint of the toxins, either the DNA or the RNA sequence, because we can actually, using bioinformatics, we can design the libraries so we know every single toxin variance what we create in a in a library which holds let's say two million toxins we we are exactly know what's what goes into that library and then we can put these dna pieces artificially into bacteria and the bacteria will make as much toxins as we wish i mean you can't connect the gun to the shooter and hold them accountable um that would be those plasmids and clones <laughs> The president currently is uh, is chasing ghost guns. Yeah, could I, th this was the venom in the water guy, and uh, I don't I don't know what this is. Is if this is them trying to uh, uh, have another? I, I like to say I haven't watched this. I'm sitting here watching it for the first time, and so so far I'm kind of letting it slip because it's it's keeping in the realm of uh, the bio warfare and what we know about the spike protein.
um, the the question is going to come if they make the uh, the accusation that uh, a nucleoside analog like remdesivir is equivalent to a peptide sequence short peptide sequence with disulfide bonds that uh, it makes up a conotoxin. Right, but like ghost guns are so old school because you're thinking about gunpowder, like how long has gunpowder been around? And like we're not even like as human beings, like that is so primitive as a weapon. Well now, if you needed a piece of plastic or even metal replaced out of a machine and you had the specs on the past, you can just make one, right? You can just 3D print it. So that's where we are biologically. You can, you, you can literally instruct whether it's E. coli uh, or yeast, uh, and you can instruct them through various processes to say, make this protein for me. So today, about 20 different medications are derived from animal venom toxins, and they're treating like heart attack, high blood pressure, heart failure, thrombosis, diabetes, chronic pain. It's, it's actually quite interesting that how many different types of diseases could be potentially treated by animal venoms. And the answer for this, and the reason for this, is because toxins have been evolved for millions of years to immobilize and kill prey and predator. I see uh, Paul in the chat. Uh, dude, you need to find that uh, clip that you had. And it was last time, I think, that I was talking about venom in the water. And you had this Russian guy being interviewed by the precursor to Homeland Security. And he was a defector from Russia. And they were asking him about if they were making chimeric viruses with... Um, uh, Neurotoxins, snake neurotoxins. I think you need you need to find that uh, little write up you did because I want to archive that library clip, uh, video clip. Animals such like snakes, Gila monsters, centipedes, and even snails are probably not what you pictured in your drug factory. But some of these venomous creatures have produced blockbuster drugs to treat diabetes. That venomous creature. What's those things on her face? Hypertension and chronic pain. Yeah, and vampire teeth as well. <laughs> so I like to describe venomics as sort of this marriage between evolution and technology. By investigating the venom of these predatory animals, combined with modern-day techniques like RNA and DNA sequencing, we've sort of propelled the discovery of novel compounds that can be used in drug development. This nail has a venom, which I like to describe kind of like a cluster bomb. It's not one peptide, but it's several peptides that have evolved over time to basically shut down the function of that fish. And these are peptides that have evolved to hit their specific targets. So to give you a summary of what we've done so far, we use nature to sort of learn the lesson of which of these snails are producing venomous peptides that are manipulating signals in cells. We investigate the venomous compounds, various ones, and we try to identify the, the peptides for which there is a biological assay that targets cancer cells. So nature has the answers. We just have to trust in what I like to call the killer snails. Thank you very much. <laughs> so let me just say again, 
the variants are not different enough to represent a threat to you, so you do not need to top up vaccines, yet they are being made and the regulators have more or less waved them through. I'm very frightened of that. There's no possible benign interpretation of this. Um, I believe that they're going to be used to damage your health and possibly kill you, seriously. I, I can see no sensible interpretation other than a serious attempt at mass depopulation. This will provide the tools to do it and plausible deniability because they'll create another story about some sort of biological threat and you'll line up and get your top-up vaccines and a few months or a year or so later you'll die of some you know, peculiar explicable syndrome and they won't be able to associate it with the top-up vaccines but that's my belief that they're lying to you about variants so they can make uh, damaging uh, top-up vaccines that, that you don't need at all and I think they'll be used for malign purposes and if you don't wake up that's what's going to happen I think during next year and um, I don't normally use phrases like this but I think we are standing at the very gates of hell filmer på hur du har filmat med ditt mikroskop eh, Pfizer's vaccin. Vi var ett antal uh, we know what those are folks um swimming around. Those are bacteria. Personer hemma i min mottagning som satt och pratade om sjukdomarna och plötsligt så var det en av dem som tog fram en liten flaska och ställde på bordet och det var ett vaccin uh, från Pfizer. And this was filmed last summer 2021. He's a Swedish doctor who has for 50 years been studying under a microscope what particles and molecules in the blood um, look like and impact disease in patients. That's what he's done for 50 years. He spends every day looking under microscopes, looking at molecules and what he calls particles over and over and over that he has identified are biomarkers for chronic illness and disease. Och det var faktiskt så att det kryllade ut av mikroorganismer i vaccinet. Yes, it's a, it's alive with uh, microorganisms. Again, we've seen how sensitive they are. Um, when we've had unsealed uh, bottles, uh, they are clean. But once you pop that cap open and uh, they're open to the environment, then bacteria get in there. Um, I could I could pull some right now and we can have a look at some bacteria. Olika dant ut och de bygger upp strukturer och det finns växter, regelrätta små växter i blodet som producerar sådana här partiklar. He actually is filming that inside the vaccine are these little they're organisms that are just sitting there releasing one particle after another. They're manufacturing particles. Uh, I call horseshit on this and again this is the problem so we, we we've got a interesting base topic around there's there are these epitopes in the spike protein which yeah are analogous to these um kind of snake like toxins and now they've gone and dropped this turd right on it <laughs> what the fuck man 
på den här partikelvärlden i 50 år och då får man ju någon slags uppfattning, i alla fall invärtes, att det här har med sjukdom att göra. Och när jag då ser det här i vaccinet också, då tycker jag det Well, I couldn't believe what I was watching. He was describing that the particles that these little organisms inside the Pfizer vial were releasing look like the exact particles that create chronic disease and death over time. What får du ut av det här, de där som rör sig där? Bacteria, bacteria infection. Yeah, they fuck you up. I can tell you about that from this week. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord for clindamycin. Det är som om de lever. Ja, det tror jag att de gör. Frågan är, vad är det för något? Och eh, jag tror att det har med sjukdomsutveckling att göra. Okay. Jag tror att det kan växa i kroppen. Va? Och växer det så blir det växtangrepp och växtprodukter och allt möjligt. Det har man ingen kontroll på. Eh, och det här... And these particles in this whatever organism is, he said... Uh, isn't identified, isn't disclosed to be in the Pfizer vaccines, but he knows this is going to contribute to disease and death over time to anyone who gets these shots. Again, used vials, um, again, contaminated with uh, just bacteria from handling them, right? The, the people who are delivering them are not using sterile surgical gloves, right? It's just standard lab uh nitrile type gloves and the fact that the fact that these people will not explain this again tells you that this the their latest round of uh agiprop is bullshit again a whole bunch of fear-mongering and who would be at the uh tip of this particular spear brian ardis and his vitamin grift scam Det är, liksom, det är någonting grönt inuti den. Ja, det är någonting i den. Det har jag ju sett. Man kan ju se när, när en sån här flinga som du visade här förut. När, den, när man ser den i rätt fas så kan man konstatera att den bildar mängder av små partiklar. The substrate he is looking at is strictly the Pfizer vaccine under the microscope. Uh, what it looks like actually now having this perspective of venom is that it looks like a snake venom gland organoid. In the Klaver's lab at the Hubert Institute, we have for the first time been able to grow snake venom gland cells in the lab using organoid technology. To obtain snake venom is very important to produce anti-venom or to study snake venom composition to use for therapeutics. So we were wondering if we can improve this process by growing mini organs off the snake venom gland. For that we got eggs of various different species of snakes, we got the glands out and we isolated the stem cells and tried to grow them as mini organs. First, we saw that they didn't grow at 37 degrees because snakes are cold-blooded, so we had to lower the temperature to 32 degrees to make them grow. So this is different, but what's very similar, and that was one of the big discoveries of the study, is that a lot of the growth factors we need for mouse and for human are also required for the snake. And in fact, we can use the human growth factors to grow a snake venom gland. And these are actual components of snake venom glands that can be extracted, and in labs can just sit there and create venom just by themselves without the snake even being attacked. Yes, they're just spit, they're spinning off here. So, uh, viral, <laughs> sorry, bacterial contamination of the of the vials, which we've documented. Okay, and again, we've I've pulled out unsealed vials, cracked them open. We don't see bacteria. Handle them, leave them for a few days, and then the bacteria uh, emerge and appear. Uh, this has been done for 
decades now, they know they can use these organoids, at least that I'm aware of over the last several years, to just generate venom in the lab. It looks just like that in the Pfizer vaccine in Dr. Eric Embi's video. Venom is a very complex mixture of toxins, and it was not known if different cell types contribute to different parts of the venom or if one cell can actually... And uh, an organoid would be a, a multicellular uh, structure, not a, not a single, single cell bacteria. Make everything in the venom. So using single cell RNA sequencing, in which we can look at what every cell type produces, we found that different cell types actually produce different compounds, and it's just not one cell that can make everything. What's great about the organoids is that every single cell is a factory for making toxins, and we can expand the organoids as much as we like. We could already show that when we take toxins from organoids and add them to muscle cells, they stop firing, which is similar to being paralyzed by an actual snake bite. Yeah, but also, when will when will we start in such a way? And the person interviewing him says, I want to show you a clip of Luc Montagnier, who was the guy who won the Nobel Prize for identifying HIV virus. The virus de Chine, n'est-ce pas? Un vaccin, c'est-à-dire des anticorps produits par un vaccin. Et qu'est-ce qu'il va faire le virus? Bien mourir ou bien trouver des solutions? Les nouveaux variants sont vraiment la production, la résultante des vaccinations. Et donc vous voyez toujours dans les pays, même pour là maintenant, c'est pareil, la courbe des vaccinations et la courbe des morts maintenant qui suit. And then when he gets done with the clip, the person interviewing him looks at Dr. Eric Embi and says, "Do you agree with Luc Montagnier?" that the vaccines themselves are going to create more dangerous infectious variants. It's just going to perpetuate the pandemic. Ja, han säger, bryter ner immunförsvaret. Jag kan inte ställa upp på det resonemanget. Det bryter ner vävnaderna. Och eh, om du inte har en jordmån i kroppen som gör att växten kan komma igång, då bryts inte vävnaderna ner, för det växer bara om jordmånen passar. Now, as we've been reporting, the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine must be shipped and stored at minus 70 degrees. So ultra-cold dry ice is now a very hot commodity. Whatever this is in the Pfizer vaccine is releasing particles, as he calls them, that are going to continue to cause disease and death to specific organs in the body. This isn't the vaccine causing more variants. He said what's in the shot is actually creating particles that cause disease and death of organs in the body over time. I think that this is not good. These particles and uh, we've shown that they do die. I can uh, zap them with uh, ultraviolet light, and they uh, stop there. They stop their wiggling. I might just, I might just prepare a slide while um, this is waiting, just out of interest. Oh, speaking of uh, microscope, I got the dark field working. Um, and uh, look, Graphenos spectaculos uh, from the last experiment that we did. There you go. That's cholesterol crystals under a glass cover slip, folks. Um, don't let them, don't let them gaslight you. And I'm going to prep a slide and look at the bacteria. This is fruity and still. It can live as long as it comes. It just in the rest of the time it grows. And it helps these particles also. Have them nothing to do. They live still. They don't. The vaccine would go in here and keep it to keep it very cold at that minus 70 degrees Celsius temperature for Pfizer's vaccine. The interviewer looks at him and says, well, what are people going to do? And he says, if this is getting injected into people, what he's seeing underneath the microscope in the Pfizer vaccine, which in my opinion looks like an organoid that releases and creates venom, he says, if that's... <laughs> old, uh, the old scientific insight from uh, chiropractor Brian Ardis. <laughs> ...in here, and it creates disease over time, 
there are things everyone should be doing internally in their body if they're getting this injected into them that will stop this organism from releasing these particles that cause disease. And the interviewer says, like, what? And they talk about it. He says, like, vitamin C load should be high in the body because it will stop these organisms from releasing these disease-creating uh, particles, Dr. Eric Envy says. And they talk about vitamin D load. Uh, and it speaks exactly to what we have found and uncovered when it comes to snake venom, to the side effects of the chemicals that we have disclosed, like polysorbate 80, polyethylene glycol 2000 that's in the Pfizer and Moderna shots and Johnson & Johnson shots. We have continued to talk about it doesn't matter what goes into your body in the way of germs, pathogens, chemicals, toxins, poisons. It doesn't matter. Venoms. Your internal environment is what is most important to protect you from disease from any of these toxins, as you want to call it, that label them. It's no different than what Eric Enby says. He goes, we, we're going to have to tell the people getting these shots. They have to keep their vitamin C load up. Uh, they got to keep their vitamin D levels up because it will restrict these organisms from being allowed or inhibit them from releasing these dangerous toxins. As this narration and discovery became more and more real to me, um, it became more and more obvious that the injuries from the vaccines could actually be linked to snake venom also. Mm -hmm. Imagine my shock after a few days after the uh, snake venom uh, watched the water documentary was released with Stu Peters, that there was a medical doctor out of South Africa, and her name is Dr. Oh, God! Fucking mag magnetic nano-disc butter! That silly slag. Fuck me! It's Andre. And Dr. Zandre had been taking uh, pictures of her patients post Pfizer vaccines for COVID-19. She was taking pictures of their blood and she was recognizing things in the blood that didn't belong there. She had never seen what she was seeing in the post-vaccinated COVID-19 patients, what she was seeing in their blood. So she was asking around the world for a year and a half if other people around the world knew what this was she was seeing in the slides containing her patient's blood after getting the mRNA shots. And no one knew what it was. After she watched the Watch the Water, she went online, now having this uh, perspective of looking for snake venom. She actually went online, and this is what she typed in. What does snake venom look like in the blood of a patient under a microscope? So what I've, um, I'm seeing in the blood is what they are picking up in, in a lot of you know, the other blood tests as well. Um, you know, white blood cells that are not responding, um, they're non-viable. And, um, and, and then I also see these um, structures in the in the blood that is abnormal these black like crystals and obviously there's a lot of things that that we have um analyzed and a lot of other scientists that have come out and and analyzed these structures what she discovered on her basic search online and seeing these graphic images appear was exactly what she was looking at for the last year and a half in the blood of her patients after getting the pfizer shots what appears is these green crystal looking fragmented structures and this is her search, and it's titled Cytotoxicity or Cell Toxicity of Snake Venom, PLA2-like myotoxin, which is blood, or sorry, muscle toxin, on rat cardiomyocytes or heart cells. Well, so this is just her own kind of Google search, if you will. She just Google searched it. What does snake venom look like in the blood of a patient under a microscope? And, and again, making out that um, she's uh, uh, just stumbled into uh, this and the Stu Peters network when she was on there uh, pushing magnetic nano discs. <laughs> These motherfuckers, man. Because she never looked this up before. Uh, that site is reputable. This is nature.com. This is a huge medical online journal. Now, when she sent these around the world over the last year to ask, what are these structures in the blood? I don't, I don't recognize these. People around the world started saying, we think that might be nanotechnology. To her shock, even the green hue is what it looks like 
underneath the microscope on her search for what snake venom looks like. That couldn't like. possibly be an artifact, could it? You know what I'm talking about with live blood analysis where, say, some dust gets on the, the microscope and so it magnifies this piece of dust. It sure. It's like a big structure in there. Yeah. Could it be? Sure, could be. Except it looks just like snake venom <laughs> underneath the microscope. So this just got her attention that she's been seeing this consistently. And there's this reaction to red blood cells when exposed to snake venom under a microscope where the red blood cells will shrink and then spike. On top of this, Pictures with the Pfizer vaccine she has in her clinic after our documentary dropped. She actually was taking pictures. No. <laughs> that, that is a shot of Pfizer vaccine loaded with uh, bacteria right? and uh, cholesterol crystals. There, look, and I've grown a beautiful one for you. Um, how about that? Wonderful. Wonderful what uh, you can do with science these days. And God damn it, man. There's, what was it, 500,000 subscribers just on Rumble swallowing this bullshit down? <sighs> Holy shit. And it, again, what, what it does is it, is it takes from this really, really important topic of bio-warfare programs, their agents, and they've just dropped a big turd in the, in the punch bowl. Look familiar? Pictures of what was in the Pfizer shot just under by itself under the microscope. She goes, Do you know that snake venom gland organoids can just produce venom in a laboratory in a petri dish? And I said, Yes. So you can see this little graphic of what they look like. And on the screen, you can see they look like organoids look like these little bubbles. They look like air bubbles. And she's like, Dr. Artis, this is what it looks like in the blood of a patient, and this is what I'm seeing in the Pfizer vial. This actually looks a lot like what Dr. Eric Enby in Sweden said was producing little particles in the Pfizer vaccine under a microscope that he said those particles, whatever's coming out of this thing in the Pfizer shot, is going to cause disease, death, and illness of organs throughout the body, whatever it is this thing's creating. He didn't know what it was. I actually believe it's the organoids. Which would help us understand this thing. Wow. Wow. Uh, artist really, really loves that Griff money, huh? Holy shit. If there's anything raccoons can take away from this, it's that the complement fixing substance can be part one of a two part bioweapon, such as snake venom. Um, that we've been educated on which is we turn our bodies into a spike protein factory exactly right the organoid explains it better than anything else anything else right the body is oh, fuck me ah. generating i actually think spike protein basically looking at this and learning about this it actually looks like the spike protein could be code for another five letter word s-n-a-k-e instead of s-p-i-k-e This is something else she learned about. Not only did she see these crystal-like structures that look just like venom in the blood under a microscope, she wanted to know what's the impact of snake venom on red blood cells under the microscope. What does it look like when someone gets bit by a snake? What does the venom do to red blood cells? So this is a normal red blood cell image. This is what happens after exposed to venom. And she said, I saw this in almost every one of my mRNA vaccinated patients' blood. And this is what she did as an experiment. When she learned online that, that this is the impact of snake venom on red blood cells, after watching our documentary, she took her own blood and put it on a slide, looked under the microscope. She took pictures and videoed it. And you'll see all the healthy red blood cells. None of them are attached, none of them are sticking together. And then she took one drop 
of undiluted Pfizer vaccine. She had three undiluted Pfizer vaccines. She had one drop to her blood sample here. And within five minutes, all of her red blood cells started to actually shrink and spike exactly like she learned online is the reaction of red blood cells in humans when it's exposed to snake venom. And it was very brave of her to bring this forward, but this answered for her all the mysteries and complexities of what she was seeing under the microscope and the complaints and symptoms her patients were experiencing in South Africa after being exposed. Courtesy of um, the high wire and Ryan Cole there, not uh, not but as blood. These anything to make a buck, man. These people make me fucking sick. They make me sick. Speaking of buck, hit that donate button. Keep keep the doc making slides. Looking at vaccines. To the Pfizer shots. Might might even pump some blood out. This stacking appearance of red blood cells is a side effect of snake venom also. It hydrolyzes the phospholipids, which is the layer of the red blood cells on the outside, and it makes them start sticking together. Dr. Thomas E. Levy did a great job, actually. He's a cardiologist out of Miami. He demonstrated on orthomolecular.org. He demonstrated that this RULU formation could be completely absolved using ultraviolet light therapy and vitamin C high dose. And there's pictures and images of how this is reversed in just minutes. Uh, but this is an effect also of snake venom and of the Pfizer vaccines. To carry, how do they um, misuse PCR to estimate uh, all these so supposed free viral RNAs that may or may not be there? Uh, just, um, I think misuse PCR is not quite. I don't think you can misuse PCR. No, the results, the interpretation of it. See, if you if you if you can say, if if, if they wanted, if, if they could find this virus in you at all, and with PCR, if you do it well, you can find almost anything in anybody. It starts making you believe in the sort of Buddhist notion that everything is contained in everything else, right? I mean, because if you can amplify one single molecule up to a, to something which you can really measure, which PCR can do, then there's just very few molecules that you don't have at least one single one of them in your body. Okay, so that could be thought of as a misuse of it just to, to claim that it's meaningful but it's not an estimation it's a real it's a really quantitative thing it tells you something about nature and about what's there but it, it it allows you to take a very minuscule amount of anything and make it measurable and then talk about it in meetings and stuff like it is important see that, that that's not a misuse that's just sort of a misinterpretation pcr is separate from that it's just a process that's used to make a whole lot of something out of something that's what also, it is. Um, it's, it's not it doesn't tell you that you're sick and it doesn't tell you that the thing you ended up with really was going to hurt you or anything like that or anything like that or anything like that or anything like that or Changing international COVID testing rules, lax governmental regulation, and rapidly developing technologies have created confusion when it comes to PCR testing, the most accurate type of COVID test often required for work or travel. PCR tests have been a mainstay in genetic testing for snake venom. And isn't it weird that the whole world's now being forced to use a PCR test, and they're just using it and forcing everybody around the world to use it and accept it as a, as a new reality, when the inventor himself told you that's not a reality. Guys like Fauci get up there and start talking, you know, he doesn't know anything really about anything. And I'd say that to his face, nothing. The man thinks you can take a blood sample and stick it in an electron microscope, and if it's got a virus in there, you'll know it. He doesn't understand electron microscopy, and he doesn't understand medicine, and he, doesn't, he should not be in a position like he's in. Most of those guys up there on the top are just total administrative people, and they don't know anything about what's going on. The people were hypothesizing in China and in France that these two, these two venomous-looking spike proteins that most reflected the origins from two snake venoms specifically target nicotine 
acetylcholine receptors in the brainstem that leads to respiratory paralysis that would look like you had a respiratory illness. And then for those who already had issues like diabetes, heart disease, or previous lung issues, those with pre-existing conditions, they would end up being worse off than other members of the family and end up in a hospital. There they would use hospital protocols to kill you with sedation drugs and remdesivir, or in nursing homes, loaded up with midazolam and morphine for end-of-life care in the UK. They would mass murder innocent people, call it they died of an infection, and then try to sell you on a vaccine agenda. I'm not a nicotine expert, but these researchers kept saying there's this observation, some protective mechanism of nicotine is occurring by people that use nicotine products, and we're seeing it in observation with clinical settings. I mean, it's a very interesting um, set of circumstances. Yeah. You would never think that smoking could be good for anything. Uh, but here we are with apparent evidence that suggests there's a possibility, however tenuous, that nicotine might be some kind of shield. The study from doctors at a major French hospital found everyday smokers are much less likely to develop serious COVID-19 symptoms. France then banned online sales of nicotine products ahead of an expected surge in demand. At first, experts studying COVID-19 thought smoking was a major risk factor, but now they're not so sure. Data collected by French scientists suggests smokers are less likely to catch the coronavirus. The experts we talked to said this is not the case. Maybe this is why we don't see smokers ending up in hospitals with COVID-19 as we do non-smokers. Maybe there's a protective benefit of nicotine. Less than 5% of all people hospitalized for COVID-19 by these months in 2020 were smokers. And all of the scientists said it should have been the opposite. It should have been 95% of all hospitalized COVID-19 patients if it was a respiratory virus. It should have been smokers. But then our government decided to let everyone know around the world that it's just the opposite. They decided to tell us all in light of us that smoking is a higher risk factor for being hospitalized for COVID-19 and dying from COVID-19, which was not the observation, nor was it what scientists were asking for. These studies are sponsored by companies that sell tobacco. And the World Health Organization has issued a clear warning, do not fall for such studies. Not smoking or vaping could save your life. And that is especially true when it comes to the coronavirus pandemic. And another systematic review of evidence from China found the opposite, that smoking worsened COVID symptoms. If you are a smoker or a vapor, this is a very good time to stop that habit, and we will help you. There is a drug that is proving to be of miraculous impact. And when I say miracle, I do not use that term lightly. Why is it potentially that these work to help somebody that has been envenomated. Yeah, so in the research study that we were talking about here in France, they actually mentioned that uh, ivermectin was showing promise by April of 2020 when the French study or researchers noticed this. They said, we're seeing around the world that ivermectin is having a huge benefit at helping to reduce hospitalization and death from COVID-19. Ivermectin has a second or a primary target in the central nervous system. It's called alpha-7 nicotinic acetylcholine receptors. And they said maybe this is its inhibitory effect against COVID neurotoxic effects. And maybe that's the same as what nicotine is providing also. And said this is probably why ivermectin is working. Well, it is true. These researchers in France actually noted that the beta version of this coronavirus, which is what SARS-CoV-2 is, is known to cross the blood-brain barrier to affect the central nervous system. Uh, so just to pause this... Uh... Let me do this real quick. Um, I, I'm just, but just for shits and giggles, let's look at some bacteria. Um, so this is.
read that Pfizer BioNTech COVID 19. Now, unsealed bottle, um, serial number PAA 165969. The other serial number is EW. Zero one eight three or one one, I think. Uh, right, so let's let's just get this on a slide. Let me just. Ah, <laughs> you had enough? Why, yes, sir. Uh, all right. Um, which is where these nicotinic acetylcholine receptors are found. They also note in this study, which I found interesting, that it was being noted around the world that the spike protein on SARS-CoV-2 binds to ACE2 receptors. They make mention in this study that those proteins, though, aren't located inside the lungs, which is interesting because if you're breathing in the spike protein tied to this coronavirus and respiratory virus, it should be binding to ACE2 receptors in your lungs. COVID-19 is a disease caused by a virus called SARS-CoV-2. The virus infects cells along your airways by attaching to ACE2 and other molecules on those cells. Except these researchers said you don't find ACE2 receptors inside the lungs, but you do find it inside the brain, inside the central nervous system, which would explain why these venom peptide toxins that looked identical to the spike protein of SARS. Uh, and there's there's uh, some horseshit as well. <laughs> the distribution of ACE2, yeah, in the brain vasculature, you, you get it. Um, inside the brain, there's areas of the hindbrain, basically, brain stem, where you can find uh, ACE2 receptors. But it's not it's not common in the parenchyma of, of the brain. And, uh, oh, look, there's a Baja paper and the uh, cobra, rabies, bungarotoxin. Lovely. Our old Fury cleavage site there. SARS-CoV-2, along with the rabies virus that they found inside this research study in France, why it was they were looking at the central nervous system as a primary site of target for these venom toxins and the respiration paralysis that's, that occurs in COVID-19 patients and the reduction in oxygen load. It is very well known that these venoms that are neurotoxic lead to hypoxia, which is reduction in oxygen, which is exactly what every COVID-19 patient was seeing with their pulse oximeters. They are watching their blood oxygen level drop, drop, drop. If the COVID is found in wastewater, it's getting there because people in the community that have the virus are actually shedding some of it. Because not everyone who has COVID-19 is tested or has symptoms, wastewater surveillance can capture the presence of the COVID-19 virus shed by people with and without symptoms, giving a more accurate picture of how much virus is in the community. In truth, our misdeeds were few and far between, as the final Rockefeller Commission report revealed. So my team found these documents. It's the additional information from the 1975 congressional hearing for the CIA. Page 241 of the document reads, titled, Water System Test. 
So the General Services Administration in Fort Detrick entered into a cooperative project to investigate the vulnerability of drinking water in federal buildings to covert biological attack. Tests were actually planned and carried out in the FBI building. The second test was a simulated covert test. Neither the building occupants nor operating personnel were advised that such a test was planned. We were not challenged and apparently undetected. Sick clandestine, they're poisoning their own staff members, right? That's insane. Easy to get information in four categories is all the saboteur needs. Number one, the number of fountains in the building. Number two, the approximate total floor area and type of activity. Three, the approximate number of employees. Four, the available chlorine content of water supply at time of attack. I have talked about this nonstop that my, my belief was they're targeting people through the water. You know the CDC, you know these federal health agencies already know the available chlorine content in the water supply to your house and to your community because they put it in there. They already have this information. They did an analysis for the available chlorine and it was positive. Two hours after the start of the test, the living colophage organisms were killed quickly. This is why they needed to know how much chlorine is in the water before they poison you with venomous peptides from shellfish, at least in this scenario, because chlorine had a obviously inhibiting effect on those organisms. This is phenomenal. And they told you the grammage. Isn't this amazing? This is amazing. This is proving what you're talking about. Oh, this is way more plausible than it is just theory right now. This is incredible. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I can't it's, be more... not, it's full of, uh, full of horse shit. And uh, <laughs> these motherfuckers, man. They will, they will do anything. Like I say, I've, I've pulled out a slide straight away, and you can see little, little bits floating around and residues, and the, my immediate. You can't see this, right? Let's just do this. I don't know if that that's coming through. You can you can see little things wiggling about. I'll say that's bacteria. bacteria and even clumps of bacteria that little little biofilms this for you whilst I dig around for a couple of slippers. Bear with me. We're proud of you and your team for even looking into this information to substantiate any of the claims that we're making that it could be possible. And if it is, we should be looking there. They're looking there. All I said was, I don't trust the CDC what they're doing with our water. 
and they're using that as a predictor of outbreaks in your town of a respiratory infection? I'm about to do an interview actually with a lady named Janet Fien. She wrote a book about how pandemics can be orchestrated through water delivery systems throughout all of America with a second water line. And we're going to go through her book. She's an investigative journalist, looked into this for 15 years, has approached governments to disclose why it is they create all these secondary water line systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, this would fit right into that narrative of biological warfare being delivered through water systems. Have you seen this before? Not till right now. That's pretty amazing that they've actually revealed that they were doing these water system tests. Our government has been testing on their own personnel. Of sea creatures. Hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine. It's, it's a derivative of chlorine. Yes, it is. Chlorine dioxide. I don't know if you saw the interview with Mike Adams, but this guy got on there and they mobbed the plumber. He has documents that show chlorine dioxide is inhibitory and destroys every aspect of King Cobra venom, even in water. But there is chlorine in the water, so then how would this work? Are they it's just the right amounts? What if the whole water treatment thing with the CDC right now, looking for SARS-CoV-2 in your poop water, what if they're actually controlling how much chlorine is going into your town, reducing it, putting in the toxins to create SARS-CoV-2 outbreaks in your town using venomous peptides like they were doing in the 70s in federal buildings through water delivery systems? And then what if they're actually testing to see if they increase the chlorine now after creating the outbreak, they can actually monitor the chlorine input into your water and how much less SARS-CoV-2 organisms are coming out of that community. And they're just managing the outbreak, creating the outbreak, and controlling the subsiding of that outbreak with simple chlorine in the water. They've already been managing chlorine input and output in your drinking water. Going back to your point about how it would be done, is that um, once you've got venom uh, uh, in circulation, um, venom would be able to be transported the same way as a spitting cobra uses it in a, in a, in a salivary bubble, and it would be spat out, right? Uh, it could also just free float in the air because it's charged. So, um, you know, the basic science of Brownian motion is that particles that are charged stay up in the air. You could absolutely add this to the, to the water if somebody chose to do it. The difference maybe between the way by uh, Dr. Artis and I were, were uh, thinking through this is that I do believe that the initial attacks uh, um, included a viral vector, uh, SARS-CoV-1, uh, which was a bat, a bat coronavirus, uh, with the spike protein, the new developed spike protein attached to SARS-CoV-1, and now gets called SARS-CoV-2 with an adapted gain-of-function uh, spike protein. And then you, your venom then uh, replicates, so the machinery to get this out uh, into the into the air, into the water, into the food, onto onto someone's hands, onto someone's clothing. It's the human body that's the manufacturer of that venom. Here's how it works. This is the virus. These are called spike proteins. Scientists have isolated the genetic code for those proteins, a set of instructions that are put into the vaccine so your body knows how to make them. Your immune system won't make an actual virus particle, but it will make copies of the angry red spike protein. Then you don't need the virus anymore because then you start vaccinating people and you're putting the venom and then they're telling the public, they're telling the public that they're going to be making the spike proteins. So if you understand then that the spike proteins have venom on it, then what they've told the public is that for a certain amount of time, your, if you get an mRNA vaccine, for example, that your body is going to be producing the spike proteins and therefore your human body is making venom that you're shedding to the rest of the world. Oh no. Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do Oi, faith. They use the word Oi Faye. There'll be there'll be a particular demographic who'll be annoyed at the appropriation 
of their victimhood. Do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. This paper that you are referring to was judged by qualified staff up and down the chain as not being gain of function. So what was? Let me take, finish. You take an animal virus and you increase its transmissibility to humans. Right. You're saying that's not gain of function. Yeah, that is correct. And and Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly. And I want to say that officially, you do not know what you are talking about. Animal viruses that only occur in animals and they increase their transmissibility to humans. How you can say that is not gain of function? It is not. It's a dance, and you're dancing around this because you're trying to obscure responsibility for four million people dying around the world okay. from a pandemic. And let's let Senator Dr. Fauci. I have to. Well, now. You're getting into something. If the point that you <laughs> and let's just uh, let's just get Fauci get leave him in the room with Charles five ten minutes. <laughs> you are making is that the, the the grant that was funded as a sub award from EcoHealth to Wuhan created SARS-CoV-2. That's where you are getting. Let me finish. We don't know. Well, we don't wait know a minute. It didn't I come can... from the lab, but all the evidence is pointing that it came from the lab. You... And there will be responsibility for those who funded the lab, including yourself. And, and you are implying that what we did was responsible for the deaths of individual. I totally resent and that. And if anybody is lying been. here, Senator, it is you. You have a look at, uh, at, at this paper I found from 1977 that spells out how they took a coronavirus and they successfully got a lectin, a form of venom, to stick on that coronavirus. And so, you know, that, that to me is like, I shouldn't be trying to explain that to the public. Wait, I missed that bit. A lectin, a form of venom, to stick on that coronavirus. And so, you know, that, that to me is like, I shouldn't be trying to explain that to the public. So someone's been vaccinated. They're concerned about this. They believe it's venom or venom peptides. How do they counter this? How do they get it out? Yes, it's great. So in the research we've done by Catalina Carrico and Drew Weissman, they use this thing called snake venom phosphodiesterase, they say, to actually do the gene editing therapy to cleave RNA and DNA, to get the mRNA inside of it. That's what they've been doing. This snake venom phosphodiesterase, you can actually buy it online at Innovative Research, and it actually states on there. It says you cannot mix it with any of these four things. You can't mix it with glutathione. You can't mix it with any cysteine products like N-acetylcysteine. You cannot mix it with vitamin C or ascorbic acid. And you can't mix it with EDTA. Any of these four things will completely inhibit or destroy this gene editing snake venom phosphodiesterase. I would uh, suggest that if anyone's had the shots, the mRNA shots, and they're having any symptoms ever since, I would absolutely recommend they consult an infusion center for glutathione injections and vitamin C high-dose injections. And let that clinic or those clinicians who are experts in that field tell you based on your medical history, weight, size, how often to do it. But if it actually is known to negate and inhibit that, the mechanism of action of that substance found in snake venom uh, that we know was being used in 2009 as the source to do cleaving of your DNA, by the researchers who created these shots. Uh, that's number one what I would do. I would recommend everybody get on high-dose vitamin C orally. If you've been injured by the shots, please get it intravenously, and then uh, and glutathione also. With the nicotine and melatonin? Oh, yeah, I would definitely try those. Yep, I would try the nicotine probably two to three days at most and see if you see improvements. Melatonin, I would just stay on. These scientists have been grappling with how to stop sepsis, one of the most deadly complications of COVID-19. He was very critically ill with multiple organ failure, and we were fearful that he wasn't going to make it. 
They administered a dose of vitamin C 50 times greater than what's been tried before. For a human, if you got this dose, it would be something like 5,000 oranges worth of vitamin C. The response was one of the most amazing things I've seen in my, my research career. Right now, if you search vitamin C on the internet, search results analyzing its potential impact on the coronavirus show up immediately. A doctor in New York said he's seen promising response in patients receiving upwards of 6,000 milligrams per day. One of the most exciting aspects of what we're seeing with vitamin C is the amount of time that it's able to reduce ventilator times for patients that are uh, in the hospital. In China, they're already proving the success rate with 10,000 to 20,000 milligrams a day for mild to moderate cases. And Dr. Mao reported that they had a patient declining in front of them. They gave him 50,000 milligrams in four hours, and they watched all of his respiratory sats and everything improve in front of their eyes. I just want to continue to propose it's going to be what you take care of internally. I've already said this is a massive eugenics program, a massive genocide program. They're using biological weapons. Again, um, I'd, I'd agree with that statement. I agree with the biological weapons, and um, that this... This has been a it's taken a deadly serious topic, and yeah, just shit all over it. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, and the um, well, we, I, I guess we should be thankful that uh, he's not dragging Remdesivir in as being uh, a, a snake toxin. That I believe are being targeted and used and extracted and isolated and uh, synthetically made venoms from shellfish toxins, snake venom toxins, and that's how they're creating this entire pandemic. And they're using those same biological weapons inside the vaccines, which is why you're seeing such horrible detrimental effects. And what we've heard consistently is zinc load, vitamin C load, D, glutathione, NAC, these are all gonna be very protective internally against any deadly disease processes, even of biological weapons. The vaccines are not the same as the actual gain of function weapon they used from the beginning. They're different. Uh, and what would make it different is what allows any cell in your body to be gene edited. And that's what Anthony... Wow, his, his um, scientific vernacular is just so poorly lacking. I mean, you know, gene editing has very specific connotations, which is, you know, you're, you're excising out and putting in um, genes of uh, interest. And yes, we're using um genetic uh engineering tools by transfection but we're we're in no way gene editing right now any Fauci and the NIH have been funding for at least 13 years now with these two people is this the reverse transcriptase yeah they use reverse transcriptase to actually get your this mrna inside your cell and they're telling your cells they want your cells to now generate a spike protein all on its own which is similar to the spike protein on SARS-CoV-2 the problem with that is the Salk Institute actually said that the spike protein without the virus all by itself destroys 28 different tissues in your body. And they want your body to make it? So now everyone around the world either gets to blindly ignore the warning and dismiss it outright, or do like a whole bunch of people around the world are doing right now, which is phenomenal. They are doing their own research and they're trying to figure out the mystery because for the first time for many of them, the insanity, the disgusting amount of injuries from these vaccines, the mysteries of the side effects and symptoms of COVID-19 finally makes sense to many as they sit and look at this. They're like, oh my God, it all makes sense. Yes, it does. Once you look at it for a minute, you'll start to see the reality that I see.
Crisis makes it tempting to ignore the wise. <laughs> I think I think reality is a little slippery for old uh, Brian artists, and maybe the vitamin sales were down, and uh, they got to put out a pump out a new movie. Restraints that make men free, but each time we do so, each time the means we use are wrong, our inner strength, the strength which makes us free, is lessened. The difference of this fourth uh, industrial revolution is it doesn't change what you are doing. It changes you. If you take a genetic editing, right. uh, just as an example, it's you who are changed. And of course, this has a big impact on your identity. The goal is to destroy all existing religions, save theirs. All existing governments, save theirs. And shackle the mob in a system of eternal uh, oppressive uh, debt chained to a computer for the rest say uh thank you to uh smoking tires says thank you for accelerating my knowledge these people are attention whores uh yes they are and uh you can have you can have uh it transcends it goes far beyond one man this needs to be fought against this cannot be taken lying down thank you thank you very much uh i'll just let this play out and i can see the bacteria wiggling about on the screen uh i'll, I'll flick it over afterwards. the rest of their life in a propagandized world to make them believe that they are happy in this system and then the blessed mother is always every statue she's standing on a, the head of a serpent you know you've heard the term uh symbolism will be their downfall well, then you think about the snake in the Garden of Eden, and then you see the cover of Time magazine, 1999, where they show human DNA and they show a snake around it in the human genome. When you began to do that kind of gene editing, some people worry that you were changing what it means to be human. That's the problem. And, uh, it, uh, of course, the new uh, Industrial Revolution offers us many opportunities, but it raises many forward questions on the ethical, but even legal uh, implications. In conclusion, and despite all the challenges, we have to uphold our responsibility, which we have towards the next generation, and which we can only fulfill through collaboration on a national and on a global level. Um, I say, <laughs> fuck, fuck artists. All right, let's have a look at these bacteria and then I will uh, call it quits and um, go from there. So let's do this. All right, so I don't know. I, I can see them on the screen, um, little particulates uh, wiggling about. I'm going to try going for higher magnification. So I put the cover slip on. that 
those uh my good friends are bacteria um there's no way that those are cell organoids um having sat in my desk and from a vaccine vial that i would say going by the date of expiration is uh, over a year old probably more like 18 months old and um but uh yep there's there's bacteria um swimming around having a whale of a time that clear i mean it they're going to have sort of slightly blurry edges because of using the uh phase contrast but um that's them that's bacteria i showed you the uh cholesterol crystal as well earlier in the stream and like i say there's there's much wrong going on in the world right now and we have to do, and it's incumbent upon us to, to push back. And these morons, by pushing this tripe, make it much harder for us to bring it home to people that they have used biological agents against you. Shock the bacteria is still alive. Uh, really? Why? Plenty of lipid in there for them to survive on. We can see the uh, the fluid drying and uh, pushing them along. That's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, that's, that's not organoids. That's that's bacteria, rods and cocci, and. Um, I mean, I, I could stain them, I guess. I don't think it would add that much. But definitely not organoids. No way, no how doesn't make biological sense what does make sense is that they would encode into the spike protein these um, uh, cholinergic targeting peptide sequences for sure for sure they can do that but to imply that the vaccines are loaded with um, venom organoids and these organoids are pumping uh, toxins into your body and the, the the little dots that you're seeing jump around right now are, are <laughs> cultured snake organoids no sorry doesn't pass the sniff test artist doesn't pass the sniff test he's just trying to grift fucking vitamins <laughs> and he's hooked he's hooked on that stu peter's uh stu peter's fame train and uh you know it's i can only think of one person that went on stu peter's and told them they were full of shit <laughs> hey david quacko in the house good to see you bro um the uh yeah look um nice Nice microscopic images of bacteria. I wonder if so we've got a cover slip. Let me go a bit, a bit higher in magnification. 
Today's contrast is too too blurry. Camera for uh, Yeah, that's kind of nice. Yeah. Oh, and actually, the other camera with usually doesn't work very well. Let me just. Oh, you don't see the tube view, but yeah, there you go. <laughs> just uh, swimming, swimming in bacteria. Looks like a coom sample. Uh, there you go don't let them punk you folks and um try to try to keep grounded we will we will shut down their space we will eventually get on top of them and uh we will win all right uh i am gonna call it quits and um see you guys in the next one well, it's kind of fascinating though watching the <laughs> watching the uh slide um dry out See the other camera.
Not bad. Not bad if I do say so myself. <laughs> it must be fought against. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I would say those bigger blobs are probably air bubbles. But you can you can certainly see the little bacteria swimming about. Yeah, those are air bubbles. All right, I'm out of here. Take care, folks. Um, if you enjoy seeing science in real time and uh, picking apart uh, tier one grifters like Brian Artist and Stupid Peters and Ruby Skin Flaps, uh, please, please, please consider a dono uh, or uh, become a Patreon uh, whilst I still have it. Uh, all right, I'm out of here. Take care. God bless. See you in the next one. Bro, you don't know how angry I am. You do, I'm like, I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off. After reading that little line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these papers. I will fucking kill each fucking pepper. I swear. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck is actually saying. Fuck these chapters. No fucking vaccine or MRA or ever touch you on fucking blood blood. Never. I will fucking die. Fucking fighting for my fucking bees and my fucking forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. All that fire. I this guy. So check what he found out. Let up! 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 Let up